I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy. Gary, what a job you did out there today. Oh, it was, it was unbelievable. You saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in. It was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? Unreal. You, you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy. Until the journey begins. We want to try and develop a, a more of a winning mentality in massive games like we have in Serbia. Yeah, I'm a Tartan Army man and I'm desperate to see Scotland at a tournament. This is the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited. Hosted by Rob McLean, Lauren Shankland and Chris Burke. We have to look to reach our level of performance. I believe that we can get results against most teams. Go Scotland! Yeah, that's the message. 24 hours away from the start of the Euros. Four days away from a special day just round the corner from where we are at Hamden with Scotland kicking off our campaign against the Czech Republic. Former Scotland winger Chris Burke is here. What sort of levels of excitement, Chris, are you starting to hit? Like everybody else, and that beat's even making me even more excited. <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah, no, I can't wait for the for the match, you know, against Czech. You know, a team that probably look as if, you know, they're struggling with the defensive line, you know, injury problems, etc. And then now you've got Scotland to get a full fit squad, performing well. So it's just looking up, isn't it, Rob? It's looking good. Sure is. And look who's with us, Scotland striker. Lauren Shankland is here, not in this squad, but hoping to add to his three caps and his goal sometime down the line, making his GRFS debut. Um, yeah, I'll just wait for you to catch up. That's the yeah, Go, Radio Football. Right, well Go Radio Football show. Uh, Lawrence, you know all about Stevie Clark. Uh, you both do. How are we going to do in the championships, do you reckon? I think it's just good getting into a major championship and we've got a team to support now. Um, the full nation will be obviously looking forward to it and I'm sure Steve and the boys will be ready to go. Good to have you with us. Uh, Lawrence on debut. Away from international football, it's finally happened. Celtic have a new gaffer, 55-year-old Greek-born Australian, Ange Postikoglu. We should be getting it right. We've been talking about yeah, him no, for quite a long time. And it has finally happened. Quarantine's going to keep him away from the start of pre-season training next week. Uh, but he is going to be the main man. And uh, Chris, he's got quite a challenge ahead of him, doesn't he? He has, but no matter who we step in, had a challenge. I'm just fascinated now to see what actually happens at Celtic. Um, obviously, has to quarantine gets to with his squad at Lennox Town, then obviously travels to, to Wales in the pre-season camp. And he's got a big task ahead of him, but he's a man that doesn't shy from a big task. Um, I think I'm more fascinated with this one rather than Eddie Howe, if I'm honest, Rob. Mm-hmm. Um, he's obviously said that you know he, he wants to entertain the fans, but he also wants to win. Um, he said it was a great honour. You know, the club has a real history and a substance and soul about it. So he's saying all the right words um, when I listen to him. And, you know, he's a man that looks as if he can, you know, get Celtic competing with Rangers again. Yep, he is all set to go uh, after 10 days of quarantine, of course. It's Chris Burke, it's Lauren Shanklin, Rob McLean, the Go Radio Football Show for a Thursday, uh, one day away from the start of Euro 2020. It is a year late, uh, but it is only one day away, happening in 2021. Let's talk to James in Blantyre. James, how are you doing? How are you doing, guys? 
How do, actually, when I say blunter, blunter, what's the official? Blanner. What's the blanner? Blanner. Blanner, right. Okay, the, the T is silent. There's quite a, quite a few letters in it silent, actually. James, what would you like to say? What do you want to talk about? I just think, in regards to the appointment today, uh, he's, got, he's got to get a chance. I see a lot of folk writing him off already, and he's, he's not even in the door yet. Um, I don't get why a lot of folk, a lot of the fans were um, willing to go with Eddie Howe, where I can see the big man's got a better record uh, than Howe, in regards to he's, he's been places, he's been to World Cups, he's won leagues and things. Uh, he's got a bit more experience. So I just think the fans really need to get uh, the same side of the fence. For a wee while there, uh, obviously things weren't gone too well last season. They've kind of divided the fans. The fans are all kind of on either side of the fence. We all need to back the manager. The club need to back the manager. The fans need to back the manager. The fans need to back the club. And we all need to get back playing again. Because I don't think we're a million miles away getting back to where we were. I think we've still got a good squad. One or two want away. Uh, the big man will bring in his own boys as well. So first and foremost, I think we need to welcome him. And we need to back him to the top, right down to the bottom, right down to the fans. Everybody needs to get on the same side of the fence. James, here's what he was saying today. Yeah, it's pretty surreal, mate. Uh, it's obviously a, a fantastic and exciting opportunity for myself. You know, looking forward to to, to getting there and, and, and starting work and experiencing the, the special uh, atmosphere and environment that is Celtic Football Club. And as James says, he deserves a chance, Chris, doesn't he? And, and I've, you've That's... probably been saying that all the way through anyway, to be honest, even when his, first, when his name first cropped mm-hmm. up. We, we can sometimes be a bit ignorant, can't we? Just because we haven't heard of somebody. Yeah, and James got the right mindset. I think hopefully every Celtic fan of 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 listened to James and, and what he thinks, and that hopefully they think the same as him. Because you're right, you know. I think sometimes we get caught in a goldfish bowl. You know, we always go with the big names. Um, I'm not saying the big names would have worked, but he's got quite a big name. Yeah, well, he's got a, he's got a difficult name to spell as well. But now I've I've googled it that much. I know how to spell it as well as say it. You know, so Ange Postecoglou is. Yeah, well done. We're, we're very we're looking obviously looking forward to to seeing him what 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 he brings to to Celtic Football Club, and I love James' optimism. Um, I'm the same. I think nowadays we have to, you know, look outside the box. As I said, you know, he's a maybe a more modernised coach, and he fits the bill that Celtic are looking for. You know, winning football matches, but obviously having that DNA of playing playing free, attractive football. Um, so I think he's he has got a tough task. That I think any manager would have. You know, his recruitment side has to be spot on. Um, I think well, probably one of the first things you'll have to deal with is the the amount of money that Edward probably goes to Leicester, um, and then the replacement of that. Um, does he keep Griffiths? Uh, so I would just like to know what James would think about that. Would he? Would he like to keep Griffiths or would you think he would like to go in the market himself and find a, a replacement for Edward? Because it looks as if Edward will go. I've I've been a fan of Griffiths for the day he came in the door and he's finishing. Uh, I just feel, I don't want to be too critical on him, I just feel as if he lets himself down sometimes. Others might disagree, but just he needs to be fit, he needs to be, he needs to be hungry, he needs to prove everybody wrong, doesn't he? I think he should be here, but ability-wise, the wee man's, the wee man's up there. And there's certainly a vacancy, isn't there, in the striking department? If Odson Edward goes, um, a Yeti might be jettisoned as well, not having set the heather alight. Uh, Klimala's away already, Lawrence. So, um, you know, Celtic need not just one striker, they probably need a few. I think the manager will, will have his idea of players that he would like to sign. Um, he probably had his targets elsewhere at other clubs, but now he's got the opportunity to, to come to Scotland and he can go into the European market and I'm sure he'll identify players that he could maybe bring into Celtic. How do you rate Odson Edward? 
very very good um, I think even last year Celtic were looked upon to have a, a poor season and he still finished top goal scorer so the quality has always been there and it might be time for him to move on to bigger and better things Have you resigned yourself James to the fact that he's going? Yeah I think, I think he's He's got his heart set in a move, hasn't he? Uh, I, I just feel any player at the club, as soon as, soon as they want away, I'd quite happily get the money and get them out the door and bring somebody in that's hungry and ready to go again. The, the talk is of about 15 to 18 million. Yeah. I mean, is that is that the right price? Um, it's for that sort of talent, for 15 to 18 million, I find that astonishing. Yeah. Um, I mean, Davy Proven was in here, a former Celtic winger, on Tuesday, um, and, and he thinks he's a player who can play for the top six. Yep. In, in England now a top six striker in England isn't 15 to 18 million is he? he's not but that's the market that Scotland have to deal with at this moment in time and it always has been probably in the past as well where we get devalued you know I think Tierney obviously went for 25 was it and mm-hmm. look at that now that's a snippet of what he's produced at Arsenal you know he's one of their top performers uh, so you know Edward for 15, 18 million Leicester have got a steal if that's where he's going to because I've no doubt that he will he will play in the Premier League. He's, 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 he is a class act. And as Lauren said, you know, apparently he didn't have a great season and he beat his goal-scoring record from last season, I think. So that yeah. just shows you the talent that he, he brings. You know, he's a, he's a great goal-scorer, but he can involve other players into the, into the equation as well. So that's a huge part of Celtic that have to, you know, recoup, I think, 18 goals, or sorry, 18 plus goals at the 12th. He was, he was best part of 25, yeah, wasn't he, in terms in the of league goals? Maybe, yeah, yeah, so, you know, how, how are we going to replace, how are they going to replace that? Yeah. And do you see him, Lawrence, is he the sort of player that you see flourishing at the top end of the English Premier League, which is where Leicester are? I do, I think he can kick on again. Um, he's obviously showed the talent he's got up here, but sometimes you look at him and he doesn't even look as if he's come out of second gear and, I would just love to go and see him get that opportunity to play at the top level with top players and see if it would just bring him on even more. And James, do you just think you have to bite the bullet in terms of price? If that if that's what Leicester are offering uh, and that's what Celtic are going to be willing to accept, then then that's it. Because you don't have to go back too far, I don't think, to to be putting a much bigger price tag on the head of Odson Edouard. Absolutely, I'd... I just think it's uh, where we are up, up the road in Scotland. I can't see he's getting any more than the 20 for him. Um, he had it in the head a minute ago with uh, Tierney going for the 25. Mm. He, he'd go for 60 million all day long down there again. Uh, he's, he's on top of his game. He's one of the top performers in the full league, not just at Arsenal. Uh, the wee man, he, he'll go to the top. But I just feel Edward, at his age, he's got everything in his locker. Under 20 million is an absolute steal. And he will be down south. And if he gets, gets in there, gets happy, He'll, he'll run a riot in any league it's just unfortunate I believe that his, his head's just no in it now he's, he's wanting he's want a bigger move In your mind James who's who's out of Celtic this summer apart from him? I would start for the back uh, I think we need a new goalkeeper um, the, the, the kind of want away boys that are the talk of uh, like social media and things like that I don't know how true they are but uh, IR's come out and says he's want away uh, I don't know. I, I don't think there's very many. I think Ajeti, he, he deserves a chance still. Uh, he's not really had a fair crack at it. I thought with Lennon going, uh, John Kennedy would maybe mix things up a wee bit, but he kind of kept it. You'd, you'd have swore that it was Neil Lennon that was still picking a team week in, week out. It was pretty much the same team every other week. So I'd just like to see guys that are at the club and are hungry to be at the club get a wee chance like Ajeti. I'd like Griff taking a 
Griff, Griff can decide where he wants to be on his performances and his fitness levels and things like that because he's got everything. But not that long ago, he was banging 40-plus goals in, in a season. And it's, if he gets a run of games and gets fit, gets his head in the game, he, he'll bang in 20-25 a season, no bother. It's four years ago to the day, Chris, that uh, Lee Griffiths was banging in those two free kicks uh, against England at Hamden. You're right. And as James said, he's got so much talent. You know, I think every Celtic fan wants to see Griffiths do well. Um, I don't know what goes behind the scenes and why he's not playing but there has to be a reason behind that because it's a common theme with him um, and he knows himself I think he was on the show talking honestly enough that he didn't deserve to be in the Scotland mm. squad because he hadn't done enough for Celtic but the the, the good thing is, is that it's a new manager and as he talked about Ayeti Griffiths you know he could bring the best out of the, both of them um, it's, it's a fresh start and you know what it's like Lawrence when you step in uh, when a manager steps in and you, in the pre-season everybody is a fresh start again everybody has has a, a new lease of life where they, they can prove to the manager that they deserve to play in that starting 11 it's, and it's potentially a really big opportunity for Lee Griffiths that mm-hmm. there is this change of manager but but he has to grab it that, that's that's the thing it is there's a, there's a clean slate there for him and, and as Chris said it's a fresh start with a new manager so it might be something he needs. He might have got comfortable working with the people that he's working with, and he just needs this change of personality. And it might be somebody that comes in and brings the best at him again. But everybody's seen it before. The talents that they see, and if they can get that back, then he's he's got the goals to to sort out the the gap that Edward will leave. Here's Ange Postecoglou speaking about his priorities. I've always said people have got to believe in me more than anything else. Uh, anything I say or anything I do beyond that um, will be fruitless if they don't believe in me as a person. And yeah, that'll be my first task to make sure that you know everyone gets to understand me as quickly as possible, and and then we start with all facets of the club. Um, you know, the priority is to to get this club back to where it should be and where its supporters want it to be. And uh, you know, from my perspective, uh, as I said, there's no shortcuts to that. We'll we'll cover every base, mate, and and make sure that we're ready for that first game. I like those comments. I have yeah. to say, you've got to believe in me. That that's the first thing you've yeah. got to you've got to believe that I'm the right man and in, in in the right job. James and and I guess I guess one of the question marks very early on is going to be because when the players report for preseason next week it's going to be uh, John Kennedy and Gavin Strachan and 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 the usual suspects who were very much involved in a, a horror season last season. Uh, do you think they are going to? Do you think they'll be part of the the backroom team under the new man? I, I think it, it's looking that way. Uh, to be totally honest, I'm a wee bit disappointed if that is the case. I believe. The, the backroom team were part of Neil Lennon's team. Um, they failed. Nothing really changed, let's be honest. We never kicked on, if anything. We stalled from the, the minute uh, Neil went out the door. We never, we never picked up a gear or we never turned the corner. It was just as if we were in the same gear from start to finish. That season was just a total write-off. Uh, the new manager in, I'd, I'd love him. I can't see it, but I'd love him to have his own backroom team. Uh, and then there's no there's no excuses right away. Fans, a lot of fans look for excuses right away, and they'll, they'll blame they'll blame John Kennedy and they'll blame Gavin Stratton before we even get up and running. Uh, but I'd, I, I hopefully hopefully we can bring in uh, his own team. But first and foremost, I like that what he says. We need we need to get the club back to where we belong. We belong at the top. And can that happen next season? Are you, do you think there's enough time here, James, for Celtic to get up to speed, to get all the personnel issues sorted out and to be ready uh, to initially to have a go at the, the Champions League qualifiers in about a month's time, but also to be getting back at Rangers and competing for the title? Yeah, well, I thought the 100 and 106 days, I think it was, till we announced them. Uh, yeah. I thought that was far too long. I thought we should have somebody in the door 
Uh, a good few weeks back should be working behind the scenes before it was even announced. Uh, um, we we need to get back to the top. So that's the bottom line is we, we what he's in now. So the only thing we can do is back him. I, I follow Celtic. I've got season book. My son's come with me week in, week out. Is he, is he my first choice? I don't know. Uh, I don't even know who my first choice would have been, to be honest. Uh, I'm just wanting somebody in the door. I want to back him. Uh, I want to get back to hopefully we can get the fans back as well. So, back so you... The club and back. You've renewed your your season books, then have you, James? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And, and was that never never in doubt? I mean, there was a lot of talk at the time when Celtic were issuing their pre-season schedule for next season, that, and they were getting all the season ticket details out long before there was any confirmation of who the the, the new manager was going to be. Was was that ever an issue for you in terms of season ticket? I think. With me, they would just be getting renewed. Uh, I've, I've got four sons now. The wean's only six months. Uh, I'm hoping to get him one. So if anybody's dropped him out or run about with Amor, I'll happily take theirs. I'd rather three than the other three boys. But I'm quite happy uh, just to get support in the team again and back your manager and get get back to one in ways. That's, that's the be-all and end-all. Um, I've been through a lot following Celtic. We've had our ups, so we've had our downs. But I'm pretty confident we'll be back to the top and hopefully sooner rather than later. And do you think time's a factor here, Chris, in terms of backroom staff? The fact that this is only happening in the middle of June, yeah. uh, 100-plus days, as James says, after Neil Lennon departed, that that could be a factor in terms of whether he brings his own backroom coaching team with him or whether he's going to pick up with the guys who are already there. I think when you were listening to his, his video and his conversation he had with the, with the Celtic fans, it sounded as if he wants to get to know everybody first, at the, first and foremost at the football club. Whether that's, you know, he's, the coaching staff are already there. Mm. So it looks and sounds as if he's willing to give them a chance and to work with um, and maybe identify a certain area where he needs to bring in, whether that's just one or one more um, added coach. You just don't know, but he seems very open-minded. It seems as if he's, he's, he's adaptable in who he works with. Um, so... As much as James said he would like to see his own coaching staff in, I, I, I still believe you still have to have that connection between the football club and, and the manager. Obviously, Postacoglu is coming from Australia. I think it's important to have maybe someone like the Gavin Strachan and especially John Kennedy who just who can give him that... The continuity. Yeah, yeah, obviously that continuity, but to, to, to help him you know, ease in to, to the job because he, John Kennedy none more so than anybody knows everything about that football club and, yeah. and who works in there the best and I think that will help him um, ease into his job um, a little bit better James good to have you on the show thanks for your call no worries guys thank you all the best that, that's James uh, very positive yeah. uh, about Ange Postecoglou taking over it's finally happened appointed today and uh, via Zoom he has been having his say and we'll hear more from him in the course of the show we're also talking Scotland of course a day away from the start of the Euros that's tomorrow night and on Monday Scotland against the Czech Republic the Go Radio Football Show download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from 5 the Thursday edition of the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited Rob McLean Chris Burke and Lauren Shankland is with us as well and Jackie McNamara will be with us later on as well Celtic legend 33 times capped by Scotland as well in his time at Celtic 10 years there 9 winners medals and he was also of course in that UEFA Cup final 
in Seville. So Jackie will have had some interesting things to say about the managerial appointment having finally happened. Ange Postikoglu is the man. Wonder if there are Celtic fans out there already compiling the chants uh, with that name Ange Postikoglu in them. <laughs> it's going to be a big challenge, isn't it? Finding, nice. a, finding a catchy song. Uh, I mentioned the fact that this day 2017, Scotland 2, England 2 at Hamden, those uh, Lee Griffiths free kicks. I, I was watching them um, clips of them on social media earlier on and I just had to switch off before Harry Kane got the equaliser late at the end because that spoiled it all. What a day that was at Hamden. A couple of brilliant free kicks from Lee Griffiths. We've been talking about him. What is his future at Celtic? Uh, this day in 1996, Scotland kicked off uh, the European finals. They were in England uh, that year. Uh, Chris Buck will just about remember them. Lawrence will be struggling because I think Lawrence was probably still in nappies at that stage. Make me feel uh, old Rob. Scotland against the Netherlands. 0-0 was the first game at Euro 96. Uh, that was this day however many years it was ago. And this day in 1998, so t- exactly 23 years ago, Scotland-Brazil, wow. the World Cup in France, the, the Stade de France. Um, and uh, that was the last time uh, we were at a major finals. And the very fact that you, Lawrence, were barely around at that stage tell, tells us a story. I mean, it's just been a ridiculously long time, hasn't it? So much pain in terms of Scotland trying to qualify for these, these major finals. I would only been three at the time, I think. Uh-huh. Um, last time, so I take it you've got no recollection at <laughs> all. <laughs> no, apart from watching it on the telly this week, it's been doing quite a lot of the highlights. Yeah. Yet. But um, no, as you said, it's been, it's been a long time coming. Um, a few near misses and losing to Italy at Hamden, games like that, obviously devastating. You're getting so close, but just no getting there. But I think everybody's just delighted, as I said, to have a mm. tournament to look forward to and a team to support them. Just wasn't to get it started. You were obviously in, picked in one of uh, Stevie Clark's very early squads. He gave you your your caps, your three caps. Uh, you scored four, four caps. Aye. Sorry, four. So, I do apologise. Hope so. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, sack the researcher. Wikipedia. Actually. That's the thing. You've only got one in four ratio now, rather yeah, than one in three. Nah, you should have said one in three. It sounded better. They wanted to make a squad. Yeah. <laughs> the goal against uh, uh, San Marino. Tell, tell me about winning your first Scotland cap, though. That must have been an incredible experience. It was. Um, obviously, part of my decision to go into Dundee United was probably eventually to try and force my way into the national team, but it probably came quicker than, than I thought it would. We were obviously still playing in the Championship at the time, but to join up with the squad and play with a level player, you get the opportunity to play with, and then obviously to get on in Russia was, was an amazing feeling, and obviously starting the next game and getting a goal as well was great. How's it working with Stevie Clark? What is he like? Really, He's a really good coach. Um, he kind of just keeps himself to himself, but when he's on, he's on the training pitch, he's got that presence, and you can just feel yourself, everybody's listening, 100% tuned into what he's got to say and if you've got that as a manager and got the backing of all the boys and they're all what to play for you, then things can go well like they have. What What did you learn then the most out of Steve Clark tactically um, in a coaching aspect? Is there any one specific thing that you maybe learned out of possession or in possession or was it the players next to you that you learned from? I think... The boys just going to the games knowing, knowing their job and I think as a player you, that's, there's nothing better when you go into a game and no matter who you're playing you know exactly what your job is and what you've got to do as a team and I think you go that in early doors and, and the team's pretty structured and you see with the strength of performances in games like, like Serbia it was such a high pressure game but the boys were just so focused on their job and they knew what they had to go and do and obviously they were in penalties but to get through and they were so close to winning 1-0 towards the end I felt it was actually quite a comfortable away performance. What was that like to be part of 
of that squad, that performance, the the qualification um, after so long. What describe what that was that was like? It was also great to be a party. Um, me and Greg Taylor ended up being the two that were left out because the squad is bigger because of COVID etc. But um, even just to be there on the night, no, there was obviously no Scottish fans there, so it was basically as if we were the only two Scottish fans in the stadium. Um, but to get the opportunity to be there and the feeling when Mars saved that penalty, I celebrated it on the pitch the same way I celebrated <laughs> it in the house. So it, as I said, it was great to be a party. You were part of that call? Was it the conga? The conga in the hotel? Were you in, were you in that, those nah, pictures? I was, I was right in the middle of it. Oh, yeah. Had to wait the mace to enjoy the night. So, <laughs> nah, it, was, it was great. Social distancing was put on hold at yeah, that point, was. wasn't it? But can't with, excuse that. No, exactly. When you only qualify once in every 23 <laughs> years, I think you are uh, probably can uh, bust your way through a few regulations at that point. So, so Lawrence knows Stevie Clark very well uh, from a, an international point of view. You obviously know him really well, Chris, from his time at Kilmarnock, mm-hmm. at club level. And and do those comments about attention to detail ring true with you? Yeah, and Lawrence is totally right, you know, tactically an unbelievable coach, you know, but a great motivator as well. People don't realise that, you know, the psychological side of it, he, he's really good. I think he's very, very good with his words um, and the way he says them to people, um, which brings the best out in you. Um, he's right and he says, you know, everybody listens when he speaks. And he has he has got on the training field, you know, a, a, not a soft voice, but a quiet voice. So when you talk a little bit quieter, people, you know, tend to move their head forward a little bit mm. more, come closer to the to the group. Um, it's also because he doesn't speak all the time. So when he does talk, you know, yeah. you know, you know, it's something that matters because he's not he's not waffling at you all the time. Yeah, that's exactly right because, you know, you can overload a player with too much. Um, we've had probably coaches in the past that, you know, they have a great idea, a great philosophy, but at the end of the day, you know, you have to do the, what I would call, you know, the brilliant basics. And he's very good at doing the brilliant basics first and foremost. And then he allows people, you know, the talent like Lawrence, um, just to let him do his own thing in the final third. Um, and he believes in him enough to, to know that he can score a goal or like Nisbet did, you know, he, I think he, he alluded to where he, he probably heard in his press conference said, you know, he feels as if he would score a goal when he comes on. Um, so he said, I better put him on then. Mm. You know, so that just, again, it's a psychological side of it, you know. His methods are great, you know, he creates that calmness towards the group when sometimes when you could get a little bit anxious about the result or whatever, if you're 1-0 down or it's still 0-0 and the team may feel as if they're not performing well, but at half time when you go in, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll lift the spirits and tactically maybe change one or two things. And I think he'd done it at the Israeli game when they were playing three at the back and at half time he changed it to a four um, and we got the result that way. I'm not sure if it was the Israeli game, Rom, you'll be able to tell me more than that, but I know he changed the formation. Yeah, it was, it was real. Yep, the Israel game. And it's just the simple things, you know, that it might sound as if it's, if it, if it is simple, but it's not, you know. He, he identifies very quickly in action. So, mm. you know, you, you find out that it may take a manager or a coach to watch back the game before identifying what the problem was. He identifies the problem in that split second and that defines great coaches and that's what he's got. And, and I guess he's got that calmness about him, that assurance about him. What you're talking about, Chris, and and, and what immediately came to my mind was the, was the game against the Dutch recently where suddenly seven players are counted out of it, um, but he just reassembles puts puts out the puts out a team that came within a couple of minutes of beating the Dutch. So, you know, he he's got real confidence, not just in the starting eleven, but everyone in the squad. Everyone's got to be ready to step up. 
it shows you the strength in the squad that we've got. Obviously, with seven players out, and you can you can just bring in players that slot in and do the job that the players that would have normally usually started would have been asked to do. So I think that's the kind of the point I was putting across that the attention to detail it's so clear for everybody, no matter if you're a regular starter or you're not. You know when you go on the pitch, the job you've got to do, and it's obviously hugely important for the squad going forward, and especially in a big tournament. Let's talk to Andy Barge from the Hamden Roar podcast. Hi, Andy. Hi, Rob. Getting excited? Yeah, you know, I was <laughs> I was talking about this this morning. Actually, asked, someone asked me if I was nervous yet, and the, the honest answer is no. It's just excitement building every day. I tend to get nervous for Scotland games on the day of the game and the immediate build up to kick off, regardless of who we're playing. But just now, uh, as the tournament builds, it's it's just excitement, nothing else. Your podcast is called Hamden Roar, uh, and I think I'm expecting. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be hit on Monday by something like a Hamden Roar. I know it's 12,000, but I think because of what we've been used to for the last year or so, uh, all these closed doors games, effectively, um, that it is going to be a bit like a Hamden Roar, isn't it? Even with 12,000. Yeah, I think so. The, I think the anthem actually will, will give the players an extra an extra inch or so if, if, if they needed one, given it's the, the first game back at a major tournament. But And I think that the fans, given that there are less of us in the stadium, might find an extra decibel in their voice as well. Um, I expect it to be a very close game and that the players will need us uh, cheering them on from, from the stand. Um, I, I think 12,000 could, could well sound like a lot more than that, yeah. What's your team, Andy? Have you got a, have you got a starting 11 in your head? Oh, I think I could predict what Clark would do. I'm mm. not sure that I have settled on what I would do. No, yeah. I think I think we I think we all I think we all tend to be compiling two teams at the moment, don't we? We the, yeah, the team yeah. we would like we would pick where we to be in charge, and, and the team that we think is Stevie Clark. So, what, what do you think is is Stevie Clark's eleven then for Monday? Marshall and goal, and back three with Tierney, Hanley, and Hendry, Robertson, and O'Donnell, McCominay, uh, and I think he'll play McGregor over Gilmore uh, with McGinn just in front and. I think he'll play Dykes and Adams together. Uh, I did think maybe he'll go with Ryan Fraser, but I think they'll play Dykes and Adams. Two up front, Chris. I don't think you're reckoning two up front, are you? Uh, listen, he's very, very close to what I was thinking. You know, he was. Um, I was exactly the same with the goalkeeper, the defensive line, and the midfield is what Andy have said. I just don't see him playing two up front and. You know, me and Lon spoke about it before on show. You know, before on the the show that they've went. He's included three strikers. You know, so if he goes the two strikers, then that just leaves one. Um, I think he'll go Christie and Dykes. Um, he always seems to rely on Christie and he likes Christie just for that high energy. And that you know, if we want to press and put pressure on them in, in their own their own backline, it showed the first goal we scored against the Netherlands. Um, because you know we are at home. It's a game that's probably we're looking to win um, and if we want to press very high and with intensity and speed I think he'll play Christy um, but listen I won't be uh, um, complaining if he does go Dykes and Adams I, quite, I, I certainly quite I like that prospect of Dykes and Adams what do you think Lawrence having been part of that squad everybody gets excited when, when a front two is mentioned and obviously the quality the two we've got um, to pick from now is great but as Chris said I think Christie's been quite heavily relied on in, in big games for Scotland and he's always seemed to turn up. He's, he's gave us our best performances, so I think Christie could come in, but I don't think he'll be far off for that team instead there. Lots of options. Think, Lots of options, up. Andy. Sorry, you carry on. I think that it's it's a fair point to recognise Christie because we've had players in the past that no matter how 
they've been performing at, at club level or if they've tailed off with their club, they, they bring their game to Scotland. Christie falls in that category for me. He's had a really good few seasons with Celtic, but he still he wasn't as good as he has been last season. But in the qualifiers in March there and back in the playoffs, of course, um, he was absolutely brilliant. I could probably I'm not saying that he's as talismanic or as much of a maverick as James McFadden was for us, but McFadden drifted in and out to Everton, uh, Birmingham City, and yet whenever he came away with Scotland, we could count on him. And I think that Christie's heading towards that that sort of bracket. He's my co-commentator on Monday, so I'm hoping he behaves himself and he's probably <laughs> champing at the bit to get on the pitch. But uh, hopefully we'll get him strapped down, uh, James McFadden, um, for the game. It's going to be, I mean, it's an, it's you're never going to get everyone to agree with you. I mean, no. this, this is a great debate and it's, and great, fun, right. it's great fun doing it as well. Yeah. But, you know, with Ryan Christie, um, he's, he's looking back on past performances from yeah. Christie. He's probably not looking at recent form with Celtic where along with the whole collective at Celtic Ryan Christie's form has probably shaded off Chris would that be right? Yeah but I just don't Andy's right in saying I, you know he performs well and Lawrence said that he performs well for his country I, I don't see why people get fascinated by you know how they're performing for their club when they're performing well for, for their country you've seen I'm sure Kenny Miller had wasn't even playing for his club and he performed really well for, for Scotland and was an important figure for them and there's probably other players as well. You know, there's probably two players that people are arguing about. You know, will Christie play because he's not performing well, apparently, for Celtic? And Callum McGregor, who they would say that have dropped off in performances for his club. But Celtic is different from Scotland. It's a different manager. It's a different system. It's a different environment. It's a different coach. So I don't see why we judge on how he's playing for his club when he's perf- they're performing well for their country. What I love, what I love about the, this na- national pastime of, of picking Stevie Clark's team for him, um, is the fact that I, I scribbled down eleven names uh, on Tuesday, and then as I was putting others in brackets who who might be in the frame as well, I think I got to another ten. Andy, it, it's it's incredible, <laughs> isn't it? You know, that's the real change, isn't it? In in the complexion mm. of the Scotland team, the fact that that there are so many uh, players, there are so many options here. Yeah, the depth is is really impressive. Now. I think that, that there are some players in the squad that I I would expect by the time that the World Cup rolls around will be starters. Um, and I think Gilmore and Patterson for me it's a matter of time, not if when when they when they get a game for Scotland. Um, but I think that if, for example, Christie doesn't play, Ryan Fraser is there. David Turnbull is there. These are guys that we shouldn't be sweating about. At Stuart the Armstrong of them coming on. Yeah, Armstrong as well. Of course, you see the people were forgetting names now. Yeah. There's so many. He's yeah. right. Armstrong was terrific against yeah. the Netherlands, wasn't he? Yeah. That midfield three was a terrific against you know the Netherlands, and that's probably why Steve Clark says he's got a little bit of a headache mm-hmm. um, because you know was he a little bit surprised at how well they played. You know, with seven players couldn't make it. Um, his selection of choice was probably a bit different before that happened um, included them and it just typifies the, 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 what he says you know everybody knows their roles within them team anybody can step in and step out uh, so you know you wouldn't be surprised if Armstrong plays you know what a terrific season he's had for Southampton as well as Jay Adams and they can't or they're not even been really spoke about um, especially Armstrong about being included in the starting eleven. It's just interesting to think, you know, will Steve Clark have one eye on the England game of how he'll play? You know, maybe does he then play Cooper at the back instead of what he says Hanley? Just because you know Cooper's played in the Premier League 
He's played yeah. against these players. So is he more suited then to play? And especially as well, Rob, and you need to think about if we get one victory against the Czech, mm, that, that, you know, we're qualified, you yeah. might think so. Yeah. Then he can make changes. Yeah. Even even more so, and so, you couldn't argue that the fact that they could get a result against England, even if they did. So maybe you don't think about England, you don't look too far <laughs> ahead, and you actually just concentrate on trying to beat the Czech Republic on Monday. And effectively, uh, at that stage, it yes, could I have be to shut up. Then it, it could, no, no, not at all. No, but that that could that could be job done, I suppose. Potentially, yep. that could be enough to have Scotland as one of the four best third places um, and through to the, the knockout stages. Not Andy that we're getting ahead of ourselves or anything, um, <laughs> but it's a, a really exciting prospect and I guess you can't wait for Monday No absolutely I'm one of the ones that's got a ticket I was lucky in the UEFA ballot so I'll be there absolutely buzzing Great Good to hear from you Thanks a lot All the best Cheers Cheers, Andy uh, looking ahead to next week four days away Scotland against the Czech Republic the Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights. The way Scotland against the Czech Republic. Uh, 0808 17 17 700 if you want to join the football conversation on Glasgow's own Go Radio. We've already had uh, uh, James on talking Celtic, talking about today's appointment of Ange Postikoglu. Uh, finally, a replacement for Neil Lennon after 100 plus days. And uh, just heard from Andy uh, as well, talking Scotland, talking Monday at Euro 2020. It's a year late um, and it all starts in 2021. It all starts tomorrow night. Uh, Rob McLean on the show with uh, Chris Burke and Lawrence Shankland. And we were just talking before we came on, Lawrence, about had it been Euro 2020 and it had happened in Euro 2020, <laughs> uh, you might well have been uh, part of that squad. That's it, aye. Um, I was in form at that time. And I was I was very much in the squad, but um, how's your luck? Put it down to that. <laughs> Disappointed not to be part of it at the moment? Of course. Um, yeah. I think it'd be wrong if... If I wasn't disappointed yeah. to miss out um, to get the opportunity to play at a major tournament, does he come around very often? So, of course, it was disappointing, but it's it's part of football. There's ups and downs, and I'm sure I'll be all right. And Stevie Clark's told you to stay fit and stay sharp, just in case there are some call-offs. Of course, I. Um, I think I've done it with everybody that missed out in the squad, just to keep on their toes in case anything happens. Of course, uncertainty with COVID tests every week um, can throw a span on the work. So, I'm sure everybody will be ready to go if they called upon. He's got a World Cup to look forward to as well, isn't he, Rob? Yeah, exactly. I mean, lots to look forward to for you. And having had a taste of it, you'll want to get back in there. Definitely. Um, I love being a part of the squads and there's nothing better than getting a chance to play for your country. So, of course, in the future, I want to get more caps under my belt and, as you said, hopefully involved in the World Cup. And more goals, get that ratio up, isn't it? Definitely, aye. Aye, two and five. The ratio's gone down, hasn't it? It was one and three, now one and four, so uh, not quite the, the fractions uh, yeah. that they were previously. Um, I'm going to check up on your club details, the, the two of you. Obviously, you've got a year to go at Dundee United, Lawrence, but there has been there have been a few murmurings about potential transfers in the summer. Anything you can tell us? This nah, will go no further, obviously, <laughs> if you pass it on to us. Nah, nothing. I think it's always the case. Um, you come to the, the end of seasons, there's always a bit of speculation floating around. But as you said, I've got a year left my contract at Dundee United. Um, I've got a new manager coming in. It's a fresh start for us as well. So Yeah, Tom Court's coming in as the first team boss, taking over from Mickey Mellon. Yeah, um, we had the opportunity to work with Tam um, and COVID hit the club last, last season. Um, we worked with his for 10 days and, and he was really good. So um, I'm sure everybody's looking forward to getting back and working with him. You need to call him Gaffer now, wouldn't you? I don't know, it's not been mentioned yet. Um, Is it not? So it's always a wee bit of an awkward one when somebody gets gets a promotion within the club, but 
nah, I'm sure he'll, he'll, he'll get the full respect that he deserves as a manager and as I said everybody will look forward to what him Last season maybe a little bit of a disappointment that he didn't finish in the top six um, from an individual point of view from your point of view I think it was was it nine goals yeah. uh, last season what, what, how, did, how did that rate for you? Of course as a striker um, you want to be scoring a lot more than that but um, I think in the overall season um, overall performances weren't they, weren't they too bad I'm, I'm almost critic and I know when I've not had, not had a great season which I didn't um, but it wasn't terrible so somewhere in the middle there and I've got something to build on next season and hopefully I can get more goals yeah, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't agree with that I'd have, he's had a, a good season uh-huh. a, a very but, good but, season because but, although one, one head scratcher about last season I think for those looking in from the outside at Dundee United was that with Lawrence and McNulty mm-hmm. and Nicky Clark as your as your front three effectively you'd probably been looking for more goals from, from the three combined yeah, but Rob, I don't look at it in the sense of how many goals has he scored. I, I look at it as well as how many important goals did he score. And I think he scored nine important goals because, I've, correct me if I'm wrong, Lawrence, I think every time you've scored, your team hasn't lost. I think you've you've either won the game oh, or, or oh you've hey. drew the game. No, so for me, I, I would rather have a striker that scores nine important goals than a striker that maybe scores double figures. But is he scoring the goal that just puts icing on the cake? Will you set yourself a target for next season in terms of goals? Is that what you do? I never usually do it. Um, at the start of seasons, I just go and try and score as many as I can, and, and I'm sure that'll be my intention next year. But um, as Chris said, it's you need to look at the goals you've scored. And I think two of your biggest results last year were probably Ross County away in Livingston at home. We won back to back games, and it kind of took us clear of the bottom. And I scored three in the two games. So mm. overall, um, I can be pleased with my work. And as I said, I've got something to build on for next season. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. That performance at Aberdeen in the Scottish Cup was pretty impressive as well. I mean, Aberdeen were wiped away, weren't they, by Dundee United in that game? They were, I think. Maybe the, the game before he played us, I think, and we beat his 3-0, I'm sure. Ah, he just happened to throw that but one in. Maybe that was, you know, a, a kick-up that you know what, to to make sure you perform better. In fact, he's did because he's changed a couple of players. Nah, I don't think right. you played Lawrence, um, but, you know, they, they were excellent. I watched that. I w- watched the full game. I thought they were terrific, you know, from... You know, the first minute to the last, uh, they didn't look at all as if Aberdeen were going to get back into the game, um, away from home as well. You know, and you talk about the the front three or, or the the midfield as well. You know, they're you can counter attack and they can build from the back. So that's something that they're probably looking to do next season with the new manager in place. I done my badges with um, Courts, uh, so I know what he's all about, and and I, I wish him well because he's a good communicator. Um, I, I believe that that he deserves a chance. You know, nowadays I think young managers are getting opportunity to to take the reins of a football club, um, and it's maybe modernising as we've spoke about and Postecoglou spoke about. It's modernising the game now, um, whether you're young or old, and and Courts definitely has that. Um, to, to bring to Dundee United that was some research job you did by the way on Lawrence's goals I was impressed well, I need to did do my you, work did you do, that, did you do that with your coloured pens yeah I've done it with my highlighters ah excellent and well Google done. yeah what about you Chris what, what, have you come to a decision yet um, about who you're going to be playing for next season will it be Kilmarnock will it be elsewhere or will it be Go Radio? You never know. Well, full time, full time with Go Radio. I'm waiting for you to offer me a well, contract. I'll get back to you. I'll get back to you on that one. <laughs> Obviously, I'm not doing my job maybe well not, enough. No, maybe not um, quickly, but I'll get back to you. Right, you don't like highlighters, is that a problem? <laughs> uh, no, listen, I've not made my mind up. I, I know that pre-season's coming up, was it next week, Lawrence? Uh, 17 for your birthday. You know, so, yeah, I have to take that into the equation as well. I don't want to be missing a pre-season, so my decision-making process probably has to speed up a little bit more. 
I've I've still got the same thought process, but it is changing a little bit. You know, I'm I'm getting closer to it. I'm not going to tell you, Rob, and I'm not going oh, to no. tell anybody at this moment in time okay. since you'd not offer my contract. Maybe I would have have to no, have negotiated think, it a little bit. With no, I'm you, thinking but, about I'm thinking about offering you a go radio deal. Well, uh, I for, heard he's for, for life. He's got the Radis and Red, aren't he? Yes, sounds that's good. Right. That's Might right. actually come as a fan. Yeah, is there tickets? Uh, I'll I'll find complimentary tickets now. I'll 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 find out. I'll Thanks. find out. But one thing I was going to say to you before we head for the news at six is that I guess for you that there'll be the there'll be the I would imagine there'll be the chance for you to stay in the Premiership. Um, but if you stay with Kilmarnock, there's a chance to win the title, mm-hmm. to win the Championship, get Kilmarnock back up to the top flight again, and be winning more games than you you're losing potentially. That that might be attractive. Definitely inside my head, aren't you? You know what I'm thinking. No, I'm um, just I'm just lying you down on the psychiatrist's couch there and, <laughs> and having a having yeah, a quick no, You're right in saying that. You know that that's what I have to take into equation. You know, when you've had in an individual point of view and being selfish, you know, when I know what I, I did last season, um, I could probably replicate that again in the top league. I always get told to play um, at the top level as long as you can, um, but in the meantime, I have to take into the equation that you know I could potentially be lifting a title um, with Kilmarnock um, at the age I am will I be get an opportunity to do that again you never know um, the the connection I have with Kilmarnock as well having to take that into the equation so yeah I have I have got a decision to make and it, it's, it's not easy that's why I'm taking my time because I have to take the emotional part out of it um, and try and think maybe logical rationally as well um, if yeah. I just base it all on emotional then it, I think you can sometimes get clouded by your judgment and just one more thing Lawrence before we get the news on your on your goals I mean the only reason I suggested you, you might be disappointed and I think you know probably by your standards you are disappointed just because of what you'd done before that because um, by my reckoning it was 29 for Dundee United in the championship last season and the two previous seasons was 29 and 34 with with your United so you've become used to banging in a lot of goals Definitely, I. Um, but it was at a low level, and yeah, and in the teams we were at the, the top end of the table. So my kind of job within the team changed a wee bit this year. I kind of had to adapt my game, and it was probably a good learning curve for me. I probably learned a new side to my game, and, and it's something that I had to maybe add. So I'll take the positives out of that. But I was never going to replicate the numbers in the Premier League no. for Dundee United. If, you might have a chance if you play for for Rangers and Celtic, the old firm, who have probably. 15 chances a game at times so that's when you can get close to that when I think Edwards called 18 league goals so they're still nowhere near the amount of goals that I managed to score in the championship so it was always going to be different but um, as I said I'm not too disappointed with it and I'm just looking forward to, to next year and hopefully I can score more Great to have you with us Lauren Shankland of Dundee United in Scotland in the studio former Scotland winger Chris Burke is here as well News at 6 coming up and another hour of football chat Jackie McNamara up next I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy Gary what a job you did out there today oh, it, was, it was unbelievable you saw the customers faces when that boiler went in it was a really special moment and what about the overall performance Unreal. You, you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy. If you're not excited, I would just check that you've got a pulse. Uh, it's all happening four days away from Scotland against the Czech Republic at Hamden. 12,000 there. That's something to get excited about as well. A crowd 
inside the National Stadium. And of course, the tournament kicks off tomorrow night. Rob McLean on the Thursday edition of the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited. Uh, Lawrence Shanklin making his debut tonight, the Dundee United and Scotland striker. And uh, Chris Burke, we've gone for experience on the other side with uh, Kilmarnock. At the moment, will he be a Kilmarnock player next season? He was refusing to take any sort of bait before the news. And uh, former Scotland winger, of course, Chris Burke is with us. Um, good to have the two of you along on the, the Go Radio Football Show. We're going to speak to Jackie McNamara shortly, 10 years uh, a Celtic player. And of course, he was part of that Scotland squad back in, can you remember it, Jackie? Back in 1998, 23 years ago. <laughs> Is it all coming back to you? <laughs> Vaguely, yep, yep, long time ago. But How are you, Jackie? Back again. I'm good, thanks, Rob. Yep, all good, thank you. Good stuff, yeah. I mean, it was incredible, wasn't it? I mean, pe people ask me that all the time, and they must ask you as well, that, that if somebody had said to you, oh, by the way, that's it for the next two decades and a little bit more before we qualify it again, you would have just thought they were being completely ridiculous, wouldn't you? I know, I remember Craig Brown saying at the time about, because we were relatively young at the time, myself and Simon Dornley, and 24 and 25 year old and he thought we would have you know another few campaigns in, in us and you know in Japan and uh, obviously the Euros as well so no it's been it's been far too long but at least we're here at long last and really looking forward to watching it to be honest and it just ups the excitement levels doesn't it because we haven't had this uh, for so long and 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 we feel as if I mean it feels as if we're in good shape doesn't it it feels as if we're in good hands with Stevie Clark in charge yeah, I like I like the look of the the squad. I think we've got um, we've got a lot of good players there. I think especially the midfield were really strong. Um, you know, we've got legs, we've got guys in the top top of the form, and I think even when he's made changes there in the, the, the friendly games, I still think they look you know they look solid, uh, a solid unit. Everybody knows their jobs, and I'm quite confident we can we can do well. But I suppose we're always like that when we come to the tournaments. But yeah. I think um, I think we could surprise a few. Let's step back to this day in 1998. Scotland won Brazil too. It was 1-1 when John Collins tucked away that penalty. Tell me about your recollections of of the day and that tournament and and just being there. Yeah, the, the day itself it was a, a roasting hot day, and you know the eyes of old were watching the opening game. Uh, we turned up with our kilts on, uh, looking very smart in the. It was a, they said, very, very hot. Yeah, it was a good day for a kilt, actually, wasn't it? Um, yeah, it was. Yeah, if you could see the sweat coming down our legs, it was <laughs> great. Um, <laughs> but it was, you know, to be involved there in the, the Tartan Army, you know, the, the build-up they were there around around Paris at the time as well, and um, and against Brazil, you know, it was just it was fantastic. You know, myself, obviously, I was hoping to get on in the match. I didn't come on until the second game against Norway, um, but. You know, I thought we were a wee bit unlucky. You know, the, the tomboy doji, which killed his name. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, there wasn't much in the match. It would be nice. I mean, I was I was doing the the TV commentary that day, and it would have been nice just to have frozen that scoreboard when it was Scotland one, Brazil one. They were the world champions at the time, and it was the first game, of course, of, of France '98. Yeah, yeah, it was, and um, you said that, I thought we'd give it a good account. I think. Um, you know, nobody gave us any chance before the match and it was a, a cruel way to lose the match, you know, with the, with the OG. But, you know, the second game, I thought we were we were a lot better and um, possibly could have won it. And Morocco was, 
was a, a, a tough game to finish, you know, a, a heavy defeat. But again, they, they were a good side. Yeah, Craig Burley had a rush of blood in that game, I seem to recall. Yeah, yeah, I remember um, uh, Craig Brown put it down, you know, with his, with his haircut. He got his hair done, <laughs> peroxide blonde at the time. And yeah. Looked a, bit, looked a bit of a thug and you know I think Craig thought that had an influence on the referee giving him the red card as well the bleached hair and the missing two front teeth um, that that yeah. was then this is now and, and uh, we've been having the debate already in the programme I want to get your thoughts on on what the team's going to be on Monday Jackie you know, let, but let's talk let's talk up front um, would you go with two or is it going to be one one out and out striker for Scotland do you think Monday? Uh, I think he'll start with one out and out. I think he's done that so far, and it'll just be a case of right, who's he going to put alongside him. You know, I, I, again, he's got some good problems to have. You know, I think he'll play three centre halves and the two wing backs, where it be, um, you know, Robertson on the left and on the right. You know, he's got a decision to make with with, with Forrest. I thought he did well against Holland. You know, it's, it's a lot more than what he's used to doing. You've got O'Donnell who's done well, and then um, uh, Patterson as well. So, and then you've got your midfield, and I think I've liked the look of uh, McGinn having that free role around the striker. Mm-hmm. You know, he always carries a threat, McGinn. So I wouldn't be surprised if he plays further up off uh, either Dykes or or um, Adams or, or Nisbet. He'd pick one of them, but he's obviously got options there to change it. If we're chasing the game, he can change it and go out and out too. And, a bit more attacking but and is it Callum McGregor do you think Jackie alongside Scott McTominay yeah yeah I think they too and you know I'm obviously a, a big admirer of Stuart Armstrong as well uh, I've been working with him at Dundee United and I just think he's he could be that third one there and, and leave the two up you know when, when they get in front of him so um, no it's again I think we've, we've got real real good problems to have in terms of the quality that we've got to pick from yeah, I think you've mentioned about seventeen players already. You know, and that, and, but, yeah. and that, that's what that's what I found the other day when I was trying to put together a team, and then I was putting the ones in brackets who who were were definitely on the brink of it as well. And it, and I and I got to about twenty one, twenty two players. I, I think you know of of guys mm-hmm. that, that that have a realistic yeah. chance of starting. Yeah, I think he'll he'll maybe chop and change between the games as well. You know, I don't think we'll start the same way in the first game as well against England. I think he'll have a, uh, a different way of playing that. You know, he'll, he'll see the, the first game as an opportunity to try and win at home. Um, you know, and as I said, the, the good thing is he, he's got options there to, to change things if it's not working or, you know, be a bit more defensive or he can go a bit more attacking as well. Jackie, Chris Burke here, how are you? you all right? How you doing, Burke? Okay? Yeah, you know, I just wanted to know, obviously you're a fullback yourself, you know, and now we're mm-hmm. playing wing back. Yeah, he, he was Mr. Adaptable. He played yeah, in I know, I know five that. different positions. Yeah, well, I, what was your best <laughs> position? You know, you know, probably attacking full back, isn't it? So I just want to know what are the differences really in playing full back to be playing wing back? Or did you find there was any differences for yourself? Uh, the difference is you're, you're kind of judged on both. You're, you're starting, you know, I played uh, one season sort of more advanced, you know. Um, Playing the, the wing back role, Martin O'Neill came in. He had the wing backs, which is a harder shift because you're up and down, up and down. But you know, it's just it's just your starting position. The the, the job itself is, is is quite similar. You know, when you're playing full back and getting forward, and you expect to get forward. So I think it's just starting positions, and then obviously working alongside 
your centre backs and making sure you're in the right positions, you know, over covering. But you, again, but you're judged on a lot more than going forward in, in the wing back. You know, you need to get get yourself up there and get your crosses in or support the, the forwards and get in the back post. Yeah. So I would say sometimes it's a bit easier when you're playing with you know, with three centre halves because you've you can do that extra bit, you don't have to over cover centre backs, you know, when they're when the opposition there. Some centre backs like you doing their jobs and they go spare as a full back. So I think it can be a bit easier defensively for you. I'm interested in what you're saying about James Forrest because he's one that I, I, I mm-hmm. don't think I was thinking too seriously about as a as a starter in the game. I, I was thinking about going the, the pretty safe and solid option of Stephen O'Donnell who really has, hasn't let Stevie Clark down at all. But but I, I do, I mean, I like the idea of, of, of being more, a bit maybe a bit more inventive. And, and do you think there's a, a serious chance of, of James Forrest in that right wing back position, Jackie? Yeah, I think just purely with the, the Holland game as well. He, he has, I mean, James has played it before. I've seen him playing it with Celtic yeah. as well. Um, and he's done. I know it's a different, a different thing. You're playing, in, you know, international to maybe domestic when I mean, you've you've got most of the ball. But you know, as a, a position there, it possibly I think he'd be more likely to do it in the first game rather than the England game. You know, the England game, you expect it to be more defensive. Um, just because of the, the pace that they possess and the wider areas that they can hurt, hurt us. I'm liking so, that. And the way they their system, I think the system they play, you know, they play like a, a four-two-three-one or a four-four-three, where their two wider ones will come in uh, and leave the space for their full-backs to overlap. You know, and that that could be an issue is there that you might change the system for that. But again, he has got good options there, and I think that's an important thing that. Um, you know, he can pick and choose for each game. We've got Lauren Shankland with us, Jackie. Um, Jackie's talking, Lawrence, about about one-up. So so who would the one be? I mean, you've got Lyndon Dykes, who's a, a great target. Um, or you've got Shea Adams, who's probably got more goals about him. What, who, what would you do? It depends what he's looking for, obviously. Um, I think back to the to the Serbia game, and, and I think Lyndon was excellent that night. Um, mm-hmm. His hold-up play, the amount of flick-ons he won, um, was actually quite incredible, to be honest. And... It really did help the team get up the pitch, but as you say, Shea Adams maybe more of a natural goal scorer in that terms and has a higher amount of goals, but um, I think the two of them will obviously be itching to play and I'm sure if it is only one that, that gets a nod, he'll know he'll need to perform because he's got another another boy chatting a the bit to get in. Who would your one be, Jackie? Uh, I, I agree with what Lawrence is saying. Again, I think he might change it for the... the, the for each game, Rob, I think the England game it might be more suited for for Dykes, you know, just to take that pressure off and mm-hmm. and get us up the park because you expect England to dominate possession. Whereas the first game there, if Adams would maybe be the, the starter, you know, to carry more of a threat, um, you know, because you expect us to be attacking them a bit more than we would be against England. So I could see him maybe starting with Adams first game and then second game Dykes uh, leading the line and. And taking that pressure off and getting us up the park. Yeah, I, I want to get your thoughts, Jackie, as well on Ange Postecoglou appointed today as the new Celtic manager. What What do you think? Yeah, I'm, to be honest, I'm just glad that, that the manager has been appointed. I think it's been obviously a long time coming to to get the man. Um, and I think there obviously has been a, a bit of a frustration there, but you know, I, I think good luck to him. You know, by all accounts, he's he's an excellent coach. I don't know a great deal about him and his background obviously I know he's been Australian manager yeah. but I think like 
most Celtic fans are just happy that we've uh, uh, the manager's in and now they can focus and, and get these team ready for for a, a big challenge next season because you know it's last year was, was disappointing not to come away with anything um, and there's going to be a lot of changes in the summer a lot of people have gone uh, personnel and I think he needs to get a lot of players in as well so no good luck to him and I hope he, hope he does well. Do you worry about the timescale then? Do you worry about the fact that he's not here for the start of pre-season training next week? Uh, he's got this 10 days in, in quarantine. Um, he's not really going to have much. I mean, I, I know he's going to be working away behind the scenes, um, but he's not going to have much face-to-face time before it's down to serious business. Yeah, it's not ideal, but again, through experience, we kind of similar with, with him Jansen came in he didn't come in until he'd already started pre-season you know and um, so I don't, I don't see it that massive problem and obviously we've got players away with the national team as well so you know that would that would cause problems and not be able to work with them until they're, they're back from the international uh, duty so um, they just have to make do the best they can and, and get the squad together it's not ideal but in fairness they should be comfortable enough to get through the first you know number of games for the qualifiers um, that shouldn't be a problem. But there, there was a there was a lot of hanging about time, wasn't there, for for Eddie Howe? That that presumably that's been damaging. Just because um, had Celtic been able to find that out uh, three months earlier, they'd have been much further down the track by now. Possibly, but again, I don't know. Obviously, uh, if Eddie if that was just the one. You know, the one person they're going for, if the other guy they're waiting for him to finish after the other night, you know, you just don't know the, you know, this is waiting to find out what the, the story is. But I think, I think it's um, with Eddie, you know, that he's not, if it was a case, he turned it down and he didn't get his staff and, you know, maybe it's a blessing in disguise um, that it didn't happen. You know, if he wasn't set up at the start with the right people around him, then it would have been a difficult one for him. So, you know, I think with the, the other guy, coming in now um, everybody knows what's happening and just a case of moving forward and getting the right people in Under normal circumstances at a normal club uh, this wouldn't be a, a big panic situation because yeah bed yourself in take your time evaluate what you've got uh, and maybe by the time the season's over you know you've got things exactly as you want them uh, that doesn't work in, in the Glasgow Goldfish Bowl does it? You know so, the Celtic fans are expecting no. the team to be up and running and ready to get at Rangers. Of course, yeah, but I mean that—that's the same every, every season, you know. That that and that's never going to change, Rob. You know, obviously, it's been uh, different because you know Rangers over the last number of years haven't been around. Um, now, now they've come in and they've come in, come in strongly, uh, and Celtic need to respond to that, you know, and get the right. Hopefully the right managers come in, and hopefully he can get the the players and keep the ones he wants to keep, and also add to that. But you know, uh, Rangers have given Stephen Gerrard time over the last uh, few seasons to get there, and it's it's paid dividends for him. So you know, the Celtic fans will know obviously how quickly uh, Angie will react, how he'll do things, and they'll they'll, they'll soon let it know if they're happy with what they've seen on the pitch. Are you optimistic that that Celtic have uh, maybe gone down a, a an unpredictable path in a way because he's not a household name? Yeah, I think even from as I said when I was playing, it was similar. You know, it wasn't predictable that 
Tim Janssen's come in or mm. Dr. Joe Venglos or you know True. Um, yeah. so you know hopefully he can uh, have the same impact as them came in um, you know and fingers crossed for him it's, it's a, he's got a difficult job but um, yeah I'm sure he's got experience here with the national team and different things that he can handle it Stevie Clark uh, has certainly uh, done a great job with Scotland to get us where we are right now. How are you feeling about Monday? What are you expecting on Monday? Are you feeling quite calm? Yeah, yeah. I think like everybody else, I think quietly confident. Um, you know, again, as a, as a Scot, I think we're always better when we're underdogs. You know, I think we struggle being favourites, and I like, I like just being, you know, looking forward to the game and. Um, especially the the second game against England. I, I live in England, as you know, and I'm hoping it's the right result for us. <laughs> Don't tell that to the neighbours. No, no. If it's the right result, they'll hear me anyway. So <laughs> about that. yeah, that's true. Jackie, good to have you on the show. Nice talking to you. Cheers. Thanks, our best. Thank Enjoy you. the Euros. That's Jackie Thank McNamara, uh, ex of uh, Celtic and Scotland, looking ahead to uh, that opening game for Stevie Clark and co against the Czech Republic Monday. If you want to join the football chat, it's 0808 1717 I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy. Gary, what a job you did out there today. Oh, it was, it was unbelievable. You saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in. It was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? Unreal. You, you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. And so say all of us. We're here till seven o'clock. We're 24 hours away from the start of Euro 2020. It is in 21 and uh, four days away from Scotland against the Czech Republic. You enjoying the enjoying yeah. the music, Chris? You, you make a good DJ. Are you going to take over Steve Lennon? I you? quite fancy doing a soul and disco show. Actually, yeah. that's my that's my sort of stuff. I'll maybe get into negotiations. Just as I'm trying to get you a sort of long term deal on the Go Football Show, uh, I'll maybe see if I can get myself a music show as well. I might just speak to the gaffer. Um, about that so it's Rob McLean as we digress it's Rob McLean Chris Burke <laughs> and Lauren Shankland is here on the Thursday edition of the show I'm tempted just to keep quiet and listen and just put the music up to be honest but let's not uh, let's instead speak to Clark in West Bride. hi Clark hey good evening how are you I'm not bad tonight you liking that music hi it's pretty, pretty good <laughs> yelling for reassurance <laughs> Rob he, he, he lied no now, Clark, you were there, weren't you, in Paris in 1998? You remember? Oh yeah, that's yeah. Went with my grandfather there, so I was 15 at the time. Uh-huh. Came home from school one day, and my dad said, "Pack your bag into the World Cup, your father." And that was it. Just straight to the airport, and then straight to Paris. So yeah. you've good, Absolutely. good, strong recollections of that, yeah? Uh, we bits and bobs of it, but I think that program the other night about Mr. Brown's boys that brought everything flooding back. Yeah. It's a great day from start to end. Been in Paris. What, what first game of the World Cup? The whole world's watching you. Got oh, to the game uh, and just off school. Yeah, it's kind of an off school. school I don't think they, I don't think they can uh, take any action against you retrospectively. I wouldn't think no, after, after twenty three years. Yeah. You're, I don't you're, know. You're probably safe. Um, I don't know. One of my teachers still lives down the road from me. Ah. So. 
Oh well, maybe get you might be getting a rap on the door on the back of yep. on the back oh, of this revelation confession. Um, yep. And twenty three years on, Clark, here here we go. Uh, oh, it's yeah. been painful, hasn't it, in the interim? Uh, I mean, I started go. I've been going to home games since the nineties, and I started going to away games since two thousand. Went with friends, and then met other friends and all that, and been some near misses, and then I've been sometimes just want to forget, and then. Just as the years went on, it just got the the hope started to die that little bit more and more. I what, think. What's, you're what, sorry. What's what's been the most painful moment? Do you think as a Scotland fan, for you? <sighs> how long? How long you got? <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. We're off at seven. Actually, you've only got half an hour. Uh, probably the lowest moment for me was Belarus under Walter Smith. Because just got we had votes, we had a lot of rough patch. Things look good, and we're getting a got a good winning, a good draw against Italy, and started getting some impressive results. That one against Norway, and then Hope was back, and did a pretty lackluster performance that cost us a place at the World Cup in 2006. We really just got Hope back up again. Then I think 2016 was a hard one because you had Ireland, you had Northern Ireland, the Republic, Wales, England all qualifying, and we were left behind after what was. Pretty good qualification campaign that just fizzled out at the end. Clark, back there now. Clark, sorry to interrupt. Um, I'm just obviously you're telling me the the sad times there about what happened with Scotland. You know, did you did you think it was just going to be the same when Steve Clark got announced? Has your perception changed of him since he's he stepped in and done ever so well to get us to a first major qualifier in over twenty years? Uh, I think. The hope was there that he'd done well, he'd done probably barely expected of a Kilmarnock side, but I don't think anybody expected anything. You're thinking, well, if you do that there, and he's been around the block in England with Mourinho and all those places, Hullet. so it's, it's not like he's he's the worst or anything like that. It's just he's a good option. So I was expecting that he would stay to the ship, but I didn't think it would be this quick. And I think we had the benefit that we had the Nations League playoff in the background. He'd seen some great players at Kilmarnock, didn't he, Chris Park? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He had a few, yeah. <laughs> um, not on the right hand side, though. Nah, wide he had right. had a good right back. Yeah, that's, Stephen O'Donnell, that's who's true. now an internationalist. Greg Taylor in the squad. Made a few players, well. Stephen O'Donnell. Yeah, absolutely. Did, did it ever get to, to. Somebody asked me this question this morning, Clark. Did it ever get to this stage with you that you were thinking, actually. I don't think we're ever going to qualify here. As as year on year, we were finding ways of not qualifying, and actually they were expanding tournaments, having more teams I, involved, yeah. and we and we still weren't making it. Well, I think, to, as I said, two thousand sixteen was probably the sore one because it was expanded tournament, as you said. I mean, almost half of Europe qualifies. You've got all the home nations and the Republic qualifying, and we're left at home. So. He's, we are thinking like that, well, why can't we be there? After we did have a good qualification campaign, I mean, it was only really a defeat in Georgia at the end that really cost it for us. Are you optimistic then, the the uh, coming to check game in, in this group stage? Do you think we can qualify from it? I think we've got a really good chance of maybe getting one of the best. I think we need to get out automatically. We need to get four points. I think three gives us a good, good chance. I mean... You get one of the third best placed teams if we can get the results that way. And Wales did it last time around, where they I think they got three points and got out. So 
think we're quite lucky that on paper we've probably got the winnable game first and then it's the kind of two harder ones so yeah, so there's a big yeah, there's a big talking point. Obviously, then they're playing two up top. They're saying that the the first game might be the most winnable game. What would yeah. you see it being then? Would you like to see two up top, or would you would you be relied on the, the tried and probably tested more of the one behind the number one up top? I'd probably stick with the tried and tested for the moment. I mean, Adams has came in and he looks lively and offers us something different and. Dykes, he really found his form in the last weeks of this month of the season, so it's quite positive that we're going into a tournament and we've got two on-form strikers almost. Yeah, for a long time there was, there was no nobody at all. No, and I've, and I've watched Craig Brown. And of course, Craig Brown's program the other night yeah, there, and exactly he was talking about that type of thing. Yeah, and, and of course the other the other guy we've got and he won't start, but but he could well be a feature off the bench. You would imagine. It's Kevin Nisbet, eighteen goals for yeah. for for Hibs this season. Um, he was speaking to the media today, Clark, and, and talking about that goal against the Dutch. Yeah, of course, it's done the world of good. To be fair, I think he's a striker. He came into a setup, and you need to score as quick as possible to to get noticed. And thankfully, I did that. I think it was my second appearance as well for, for my country, so I'm glad to get off the mark very quick. But yeah, it's just it's, it's great for my confidence and puts my thoughts in the, the gaffer's head. But of course, it's another thing breaking into the starting eleven. I think that's just completely down to me now. Uh, I've got a good few sessions before the first game, and every minute I'm on the pitch, I'm resting my country. So I need to do well and catch a man's eye, and hopefully chip him a few goals. Clark, I'm interested to get Lawrence's uh, thoughts here on uh, suddenly all that competition, uh, which makes it for you difficult to get back in the squad, J- just because the the competition has become uh, that bit more intense, hasn't it? We've we've discovered Shea Adams, uh, Lyndon Dykes is is a stick on, really dependable. Um, I think he was saying that in eleven caps, he's 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 been involved in seven goals, whether scoring them or or creating them, and then and then someone like Kevin Nisbet, who just seems to have that goal touch about him. Definitely Dykes um, was obviously was obviously doing well um, at the time, and then Shea Adams playing in the Premier League week in week out is obviously a strong option for you if he decides to join the national team, which he did, which is great. And um, well, not for me, but for mm, the national team. Yeah. Um, but then Kevin, obviously for Hibs this season, um, his first season there, he had a great season and done really well, and got a great amount of goals. So um, I think it's good that we've got we've got three guys going in on form and scoring goals and um, whatever boys are used and called upon there's always a chance that they'll, they'll stick a chance away if they get it so hopefully that's the case don't know if you, don't know if you know him at all Kevin, Kevin is but, but he seems to have a real confidence a belief about himself doesn't he I do I'm kind of similar age I think he's maybe a, a year younger but um, kind of came across each other through the years at, at good football playing against each other for different teams but he kind of he had a similar kind of path to myself he released with Partick Fissel and he, he kind of found himself down the leagues and bought himself back up and, and he's done great to get himself involved there and obviously he got his first goal the other night, so um, he's doing really well and hopefully he can get another one in Euros. And uh, judging by what he's been saying, uh, Clark, today at the media conference, uh, Scotland in a good place at the moment? Yeah, the camp's a very good place now. Yeah, we had two days back home. We got tested right away and sent to our rooms and thankfully we're back's negative. So yeah, the camp's very good. Now. The, the morale was up, we trained this morning and we're in very high spirits. Yeah, it's a good point, isn't it, uh, about the the potential for, for COVID to, to wreak havoc on this tournament, I suppose, with so many teams travelling from so many different places. Uh, there's a lot of that going on. Scotland have already had to contend with one scare when John Fleck 
uh, tested positive and then there were six other players had to be left out of that game against the Dutch. So, I mean, it was an incredible result performance, wasn't it, against Netherlands, Clark, bearing in mind the, the preparation? Oh, yeah. Uh, in, so in the morning, I saw the players that had been left behind. You just think, you know, how are going to get a team out of that? And he actually put a good team out in the end and thought it played really well. I mean, the first five or so minutes, we just, it just seemed to be, I think we caught them unaware just for the pressure we were giving them. And then Henry got his goal and just the Dutch found their way back in. I mean, they're still a good side and you can't relax against them as they proved that they came back twice to get the draw. Jack Hendry, um, a starter for you, Chris, on Monday? Yeah, I think he's played himself into the team, I think, since Clark's included him. He's he's not looked a step out of place. Um, he, he looks very comfortable in that right-hand side of a three. He gives that great youthfulness and energy and speed and he can play out from the back as well. Um, and it, it was a great example of the first goal, as, as Clark said, that high pressure. And what you need if you're going to press high is you know, one of your three centre-backs and whatever side you're pressing on the same side to go all the way. You know, when you go, you go. And you've seen Jack Henry do that. You know, he went from a defensive point of view, he went all the way with the with his player um, into midfield and then into the final third and carried on his run with his great anticipation to where the ball was going to land. I think it was good pressure for Armstrong as well. Uh, they win the ball and it was a good finish. It was a striker's finish. Mm. You know, Lawrence will tell you himself he was in a number nine position after being playing in a, a back three. So, yeah, I, I, for me, Jack Henry is a, an inclusion. Uh, whether he'll play all of the games is, I'm sure Jackie McNamara said as well, you know, he might have one eye in the next game and he might change personnel. But, you know, Jack Henry for me um, is impressed since coming in. It's that stage of the tournament, isn't it, where where you're looking at the squads, you're looking at some pretty scary uh, sets of players um, that that Scotland well will come up against in the group stages, and and also just some of the top teams in the tournament, basically. But Lawrence, I think a lot of teams will be looking at what Scotland have got, won't they? When when you look at uh, the way Robertson and Tierney are combining uh, down the left-hand side, uh, the fact that Billy Gilmore and Scott McTominay were both in, involved in, in European finals, the, the sort of form you've been talking about of Shea Adams for, for Southampton, it's when, it's when you start listing off these players that you realise that there's a lot for other teams to think about that Scotland have got, as well as us worrying about opposition. I think you're spot on. Um, I think we tend to, the Scottish people, play down ourselves a lot and we probably play down the strength of the squad. Um the players have got playing at the level they play at is the same level as the top players will look at in, in other national teams and it's important if we can we can get our top players to turn up then we're more than capable in matching their teams but as you said teams will be looking at us and, and looking at us as a threat now and I think it's it's a great thing obviously for the country and you can get into these games with confidence as well Do you have a starting lineup in mind Clark for Monday? Uh, I think it's pretty much a settled side I maybe two or three places up for grabs I mean I think Henry will start but there's also that the real one if I could see Cooper maybe slotting in there's always there was Gallagher who was really good in Serbia and Hanley and mm-hmm. Hanley I think Hanley's showing for the middle one between between whoever plays on the right side whoever plays on the right side and whoever and Tierney but I think that's one of the places up for grabs midfielding pretty much picks itself it's a case, just a case of do you think you'll go with, get a Gilmore and McGregor really but I think you'll go with McGregor the first game and Gilmore will probably see action as the tournament goes on 
And maybe we get Chris Burke too wrapped up in the in the starting eleven because there's going to be maybe 14, 15 players involved in that game on Monday. And it could be what you do off the bench mm-hmm. that actually wins the game rather than who you start with. Do you know what I like about it, Rob, is that as much as we talk about the starting eleven, we don't really know. Uh, and I don't think the players will know either. They'll be... Has your pal Stevie Clark not told you? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't think I've spoke to him since he's left. Um since he said bye bye Celtic, bye bye Rangers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it went bye bye Chris Burke as well. Um so that the, the players will be sleeping, you know. I don't know when he announces a team, but they'll all be thinking, I might not be playing here. Um and that keeps everybody on the edge, Rob. I think there's only definite four starters really that could say that they will be playing, and that's Tierney, Robertson, McTominay and McGinn. The rest, you never really know. There's still that little bit even, of uncertainty. Even yeah, I think he'll still be thinking that I'm still uncertain mm-hmm. about this. And I think that's a great environment to have in the group. So, you know, the, the, the starting 11 we can all talk about, but no matter who's asked upon it, and you're right in saying coming off the bench, um, you have to make an impact. You know, um, he always says, Steve Clark, when I worked with him, you know, substitutes, be ready. Yeah. And you have to be ready. And as someone who knows Lawrence, um, is there a pattern with Stevie Clark? You know, is there is there a particular time lapse b- before the game where he tells you the team? Um, it'll be in his, his pre-match meeting, um, just before you leave the, the hotel. Or whatever, head right. To the game, so on yeah. the on the day of the on game. the day of the game, yeah. yeah. Um, of course, you'll day shape and you can get a, a rough guess at it yourself. But there's been times where you're involved and honestly, you go to the meetings and you don't know. You honestly don't know what the team is going to be. So. I think it's a good thing it'll keep everybody on their toes and when he, when he names the team obviously on the day of the game as Bucky said he'll, he'll ask the subs to be ready for the side and, and yeah. I think everybody will be it's, it's a chance to play at the Euros so it's different at your club football if you're on the bench every week you, you can get a wee bit fed up with it but I think all these boys will be ready to make an impact when called upon I think he'll be a, be a good poker player Stevie Clark to be honest mm-hmm. Clark before you go uh, I'm going to get your prediction for Monday what's your idea of the scoreline? Uh, I think 1-0 Scotland oh, We'd settle for that yeah. wouldn't we Clean nice. sheet to start the tournament A Stevie Clark 1-0 win That'd be good Who's the goal scorer? Uh, I'll go for John McGinn Because he seems to score them all these days <laughs> Yeah he tends to be our lucky charm doesn't he 10 goals already from midfield for Scotland uh, Clark good to have you on the show No problem All the best Enjoy Thanks. it uh, you. Euro 2020 gets underway in 24 hours The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. Oh yes, please. On Monday, Scotland against the Czech Republic and tomorrow night the tournament gets underway. Uh, Rob McLean with Chris Park and Lawrence Shanklin. How's your debut been? Have you enjoyed your debut on the show, Lawrence? It's been good, eh? You better say yes, actually, (laughs) because I... No, it's been good to to get involved and um, a few good chats for the call, so... Yeah, there's been some good calls actually uh, tonight as we try to pick the Scotland team for Monday. And I think probably because we're we're further away from it now than we were at the start of the show. We probably thought we we knew. And then you threw in, was it you that, yeah, you threw in the one that there's probably only four definites, which uh, I would have thought more than that, but I actually take your point. Oh, thank you. No, no, I do. So what's your thinking about goalkeeper? The fact that David Marshall, uh, club-wise, had maybe a poorish end to the season? No, you're putting words into my mouth here, uh, Rob. I'm just asking you a question. <laughs> I'm only saying that because I know what David Marshall's like and he'll be still not taking anything for granted no matter what he did um, for the country to make us, to help us qualify. Um, he's, a, he's a great lad and a, a great goalkeeper and you can't obviously... 
you know, hide the fact that Craig Gordon's a terrific goalkeeper as well. Yeah. Um, I think he's actually got the most caps in the in the in the group that's mm. there. So you have to take that in the equation. He started the game. Um, he albeit maybe would have started. I think the two goalkeepers would have had a game each anyway. Um, but I know for a fact players like him and the rest of the group will still be unsure until the squad is announced, the starting eleven's announced, that they'll 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 realise that they are playing. I thought during that game against uh, Luxembourg last Sunday night, it was uh, the 1-0, it could have been 4 or 5 no Lawrence, but it struck me at the time that that save early on from David Marshall, uh, the, the one that he clawed out at the base of the post, mm. that was actually probably pretty important for him, just to remind everyone, by the way, I'm the man in possession here. Is that is that the way you see it? No, definitely. Um if you've got that that behind you, you've, you know you've got a goalkeeper who can produce saves like that when you need them when called upon. Um, imagine going to a Luxembourg game, he wasn't expecting to be too busy, but when that save came about, he was he was there and he made a great one. So it gives a defence confidence and the team confidence for there that you've you've got that behind you. And personally, I think Marsh will play, but as Bucky said, he, he will obviously. He's a modest guy and he'll be on his toes as well as the rest of them. Going to speak Scotland uh, before we finish, of course, but uh, the big story today in terms of uh, football headlines in Scotland, the fact that Celtic have finally got their man, they've finally got a replacement for Neil Lennon, depending on your arithmetic. It's maybe 104, 105, 106 days, certainly 100 plus since Neil Lennon departed. And finally, Ange Postikoglu, the Greek-born Australian, the former national team manager with Australia, is the new gaffer at Celtic. Uh, last three and a half years, he's been managing in Yokohama in Japan. He joined Celtic on a 12-month rolling contract, but he will be quarantining for 10 days, uh, which means, apart from anything else, he's going to miss the start of pre-season training next week. But there's clearly been lots of consulting going on uh, involving uh, Dominic Mackay, the new chief executive, and Peter Lowell as well, the outgoing chief exec. You know, I've been in constant contact with uh, you know the club CEO, and uh, me and Dominic have already got a, a really good relationship going, and he's sort of given me a, a great outline of where the club's at at the moment and what the priorities are from from a playing point of view and a staffing point of view. Um, from my perspective, it's you now when I get there, I will have done a lot of work anyway because I really think that you know from the moment I sort of touch ground there, I, I get in amongst and have as much as information as possible so that. I and make the best decisions for the football club moving forward. It's a, it's a club I've followed for a long time. And um, so I've kind of looked at their performances last year, have an idea of where they're at. Uh, we want to start the season really positively and, and, and start with the first game. Uh, but, you know, there's no magic uh, formula for that. It's just hard work. And, you know, once I get there, uh, can't wait to get to work with the staff and the players. I mean, that's the exciting bit for me. And uh, my job is to make sure they, they all realise their potential and, uh, and hopefully produce something special for the club. It's going to be interesting to see uh, what style of play he adopts. I've had a real passion for the game from a very young age and it was uh, thrust upon me by my father and he loved the entertainers, you know, when I was growing up. Um, I had Kenny Dalglish posters all over my wall, mate. And, um, you know, he always pointed out the, the players who were entertaining, who were attacking, and that just rubbed off on me. And, and I knew the moment I started my coaching career that I wanted to produce football teams that, A, my father would like to watch, which is a basic premise, but that people would love to watch. Um, I have a real clear idea on how I want my football teams to play and, and that is to make sure that you know our supporters don't sit down for 90 minutes. That'll go down well with the Celtic fans. A Kenny Dalglish poster on his wall uh, as a kid and, and he clearly wants to play attacking, expansive football uh, and that's going to be music to the ears, Lawrence, of the Celtic fans as well. 
It will be. Um, that's what everybody wants to, to pay their money to watch um, when they're buying their season tickets. But he's, he's highly thought of everybody that's worked to him. Um, they seem to enjoy the way he plays football. It's actually a boy at Dun United that does their analysis said he, he loves watching him. It's one of the best football he likes watching the analysis right. boy. Yeah. So he is highly thought of and he can maybe string a surprise when he turns up here. Um, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see his ideas and, and what he wants to do with Celtic. I think Pep Guardiola was raving yeah. about his methods as well. There was one point where, where Man City came up against one of his teams and uh, and Pep was very taken with the, the quality of, of football that, that Postecoglou and his players played, Chris. Yeah, and that's, that's great to hear that he'll probably be buzzing with that, that Pep Guardiola said. I think he said he was one of the top 10 coaches in the world. Mm. Um, I, I know they have that Man City connection but at the end of the day I think you know as much as you want a philosophy and a great style of play at the end of the day it's all about winning as well especially when you're at a club like Celtic to perform well and win would be great uh, so we're, I'm, I'm do you know what I like about him Rob as much as it's all about you know what style of play and stuff like that I like that he's actually came here you know he's, he's he's worked in Australia he moved his family over to Japan and then when asked to become the Celtic manager he's obviously quite clearly just came and he's going to move his whole family to Scotland you know it was a struggle to get Eddie Howe into the football club we looking at who else is going to appoint and they didn't want to move from England so that's what I would be you know intrigued about that he's willing to give up you know Australia, uh, Japan and coming to, to Glasgow so he's willing to move for the football club as well um, as much as his playing philosophy hopefully for Celtic fans will be great to watch and compete with, with Rangers for next year and hopefully get some silverware He deserves his chance doesn't he uh, because already even before he'd uh, been appointed people were criticising him and criticising the appointment and saying it wasn't ambitious enough and all the rest of it and, and sometimes um that's a fault, isn't it, for for us in Scotland? Uh, we, we're suspicious, suspicious, Lawrence, about any anyone or anything that comes in uh, for, from somewhere else. But but maybe uh, a new broom uh, is what Celtic need at this stage as they try to because we're talking a big rebuild at the club. Exactly, and as I said, he's well thought of everybody that's that's worked to him, and the guy literally is working on the other side of the world. So maybe this is just the opportunity he's been waiting on to. To have the chance to, to come over, and people on that side always speak of, over here as Europe. Maybe he's seen as his opportunity to get involved in that and come over here and show what he's all about. So he's obviously got a tough rebuilding job, as you said. There'll be a lot of ins and outs, but um, I'm sure it's one he'll be looking forward to. Let's talk Scotland for the final few minutes of the show. Um, we are just four days away from Hamden, uh, two o'clock. Monday, Scotland against the Czech Republic. It is an exciting thought. Chris Burke, your team. Come on. You want my team? Yeah. <clears throat> obviously, Marshall in goal. Um, what do you mean, obviously? <laughs> you bracketed with two Gordon a minute ago. <laughs> no, I was just putting a point across. I, I, I know he would, wouldn't be sure that he would be playing. Just because he's a national hero after yes. Belgrade. Marshall, yeah. Marshall in goal. Yep. O'Donnell and Robertson. Jack Henry, Hanley. Tierney. Then I'm going to go obviously meet Tomini, the big talking point, Billy Gilmore, Callum McGregor, Callum McGregor for me, um, McGinn, and then I'm going to go Christie and Dykes, but Jackie McNamara put a span on the works for me because he might go Dykes the England game and play Chi Adams 
but I'm going to stick to my guns and stick with Dykes and Christie. Don't let Jackie McNamara get inside your head. <laughs> uh, what about you, Lawrence? Would you veer much away from, from that selection? It would genuinely be exactly the same. Really? Um, I, I do think that's what you'll go with. So Shea so Adams doesn't play? Doesn't start? <laughs> doesn't start? It's it's a big call. Um, but I think just the energy, Christy, and saying that the England game he could maybe play I don't yeah, know and Jackie as well said that you know he might go Forrest on the right hand side and then mm-hmm. keep Stephen O'Donnell for the England yeah. game you know because I think it's a four day turnaround yeah. you know, this, is, this is what happens you see you end up arguing with yourself yeah, but when see, you, when you, as you're trying to pick a team but then Clay, um, Steve Clark probably think the first game is the most important game yeah. you know we need to win oh, yeah. and then uh, we'll, we'll look at our absolutely. squad and see how they are um, is there any injuries and is there any tiredness within the group? But one crisis at a time. Yeah. So I think what I stick with, um, I believe, will be the starting lineup. Prediction scoreline. I think we'll win by two goals. And Lawrence, I think we'll get a clean sheet. I think one or two. No. What are you going, Rob? Sounded good to me. Um, I think I'm going to go with Clark uh, and his shout earlier on, which was one nil Scotland. That would. That would just do nicely. Thanks a lot to Lawrence, uh, debuting on the show. Good to have you with us. Thank you. And Chris as well. Always good to see you. And uh, let's hope for good news on Monday. But we're back, of course, tomorrow night with uh, another uh, Go Radio football show. Uh, Paul Barry, Mark and Sir Kenneth Matheson Dalgleish on the show as well. Live at five. I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy. Gary, what a job you did out there today. Oh, it was it was unbelievable. You saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in. It was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? Unreal. You, you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy. 